0: Lord, thank you for this amazing opportunity to share Your Word, to teach Your words, Your truth, God, to whoever whoever may listen. I bless them in Your precious name, Jesus. Thank you for Your love for them. Amen. I just uh, yeah, I want to thank you for joining uh, this this episode of the Truth Produces Freedom podcast um i'm gonna jump right in i'm not even gonna talk about the full series we're in i don't need to go into all that we're we're in first john 1 8 we're untwisting that and we're picking right back up where we where we left off and um so if you haven't listened to the previous episode you must before you hear this one because we're jumping right in to where we left off and uh, if you don't remember precisely where we were maybe back up just a little bit in the last episode the last couple of minutes and then we'll jump right in. But, um, so let's pick back up right where we left off and uh, we'll keep digging in and walk through the passage. Uh, let's actually back up, uh, right up to verse eight again, um, just so we know um, what we're, where we're at. So we're not lost at all. Because um, probably won't remember everything from the last, the last episode. So right back into verse eight again. And this is the verse we're untwisting. We already dug into some great stuff by going into what's before it. Now we're going to go back into it and then what's, uh, what we're starting to see after this verse. So, verse 8 If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves. And if we are not doers of the word, remember James, James 1, be doers of the word. Don't just hear what the word says, but actually do what it says. So, back up again real quick. If we say we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves. And then James 1 said, if we are not doers of the word, we deceive ourselves. John said here that we deceive ourselves if we claim that we haven't sinned and that we do not need the blood or salvation. Remember the last episode we dug into that very specifically, that John's talking about how uh, if we say we do not need the blood, if we claim that we have not committed sin in our life. So, John said we deceive ourselves if we claim that we haven't sinned and that we do not need the blood or salvation, or if we disagree with God about the things that He defines as sin. Because he said if we say this, we make God a liar, and God said we have sinned. So when God says you have sinned in regards to whatever specific sin, and we say, No, we haven't. We're calling God a liar because He says that that thing is sin. He says that you have sinned. So, if you say you haven't sinned and that you don't need the blood or salvation or you disagree with God about the things that He defines as sin and you disagree saying that those things are not sin or if we walk in the darkness but claim to know Him deceiving ourselves. That's what John has taught up to this point. And this lines up with James 1 about the man in the mirror. It does not contradict it. James said, James said that if we are hearers of the word, but not doers of the word, now this is an identity of righteousness. Keep that in mind. This is about this is an identity of righteousness. If we say or if we are hearers of the word but do but not doers of the word, this is an identity of righteousness, then we deceive ourselves. I just wanted to note that it's, uh, he's talking about an identity of righteousness because he said, be doers of the word. So if you're a hearer, but not a doer, then you deceive yourself. That's very interesting, right? Uh, these, These two passages are in agreement because the blood cleanses us from all sin All unrighteousness. And when we believe the Word and believe God's commandments, then we can be doers of the Word, doers of His commandments. We can be doers of the Word who see our true identity in the mirror, see our face, and can walk away and not forget what we look like. We can remember who we are if we're ever not able to be looking in the mirror or whatever the case is. We should look in that mirror all the time if we can, <laughs> as much as we can. But anyway, but if we do not believe the blood cleanses us or that we cannot do what the word says and we do forget what we look like, or if we think we do not need the blood and that we are self-righteous apart from Christ. So these are, you know, these are kind of different, a little bit different subjects. Um, James 1 and, and 1 John here, but they really do uh, align in a lot of ways too um, because he's talking about self-deception that's why I'm highlighting it um so I'm back up again where I was real quick uh, if yeah so if we do not believe the blood cleanses us or that we cannot do what the word says and we do forget what we look like or in the other case like First John if we think we do not need the blood and that we are self-righteous apart from Christ then we have deceived ourselves and the word and truth is not in us. And we are not doers of the word, even in the slightest. Does that make sense, I hope? I hope, I hope you're hope you tracking with me. I'm making sense in my own mind, so I hope it's making sense as it comes out. But So, if we repent and confess our sins, or, you know what John said, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is the gift of the Gospel. And if we are cleansed of all unrighteousness, what remains? Only righteousness. Only righteousness. righteousness. This means that we are fully righteous and we have no unrighteousness anymore. That is the power of His blood and what He has done. That is our new identity. His forgiveness transforms us. His forgiveness transforms us. Right after John said said that, he then says, he reiterates what he already said in verse 8 again. With a slightly different wording. But it's the exact same meaning. It's what he's hammering that truth. He's hammering that truth and making it clear. Right after it. So you got verse 8. And then verse 9. Which is about confession. And then verse 10. Reiterating what verse 8 said. It's it's really. We just can't miss what he's saying. It's so important to not uh, twist this but actually read it and believe it. He says... I don't know, back up. I'm missing where I'm at. Sorry. Um, so he, he, re- he repeats what he said in verse 8 again with a slightly different wording, but it really, it's the exact same meaning. He's just reiterating what he said, making this clear. He declared that if we say we have not sinned, that's the exact phrase he uses in verse 10, then we make God a liar and his word is not in us. He nails it again and makes it very clear and declares the importance and the absolute necessity of repentance and confession. He says, if we don't repent and confess sin, then we cannot be cleansed of sin. And he said, if, if we say we have not sinned and don't need the blood and it's cleansing, then we are calling God a liar because God has declared that we have sinned and that we all need the blood of Jesus and must be cleansed of our sins we must we, we all must be saved all have fallen short and need his forgiveness and mercy all have fallen short and need his forgiveness and mercy but forgiveness and being cleansed of sin does not leave us the same it doesn't leave us fallen and that, my friends, is what First John is all about. First John, First John is, aside from aside from the Gospel of John itself, First John is my favorite book in the Bible. It, oh man, it, uh, it's amazing, and I'm I'm so joyful to be able to share and go and go more in depth in this book, um, for whoever listens. Uh, so let yeah, let's. Uh, Let's continue in this passage. Uh, Back in... uh, Yeah, the end of uh, John 1, uh, back to verse 10. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. The very next words. It goes into chapter 2, but it's the same... It's the same sentence. The chapter division is terrible. It's terrible. So... It's the same, same teaching, the same progressive thought. So, back up one more time. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. (sighs) My little children, I am writing these things so that you may... Not sin. This is what John said immediately after the statement about how anyone who says they have no sin, that they have not sinned, is a liar. In the very same breath, he said that the very reason he was writing these things, so he laid out all the things about God not being in darkness and how we're not in darkness and we can live in the light. And if we confess our sins were cleansed of all unrighteousness. If we say we haven't sinned and we're deceived. He lays all these things out. And then says I'm writing these things so that you may not sin. In the very same breath. He said that the very reason he was writing these things. The same breath as if you say you have no sin. If you say you have not sinned in the very same breath he said i am writing these things so that we may not sin john is writing these truths about our cleansing from sin and the effectiveness of the blood so that we don't sin so that we so that we live in freedom from sin Wow, um, <laughs> quite different than what people twist verse eight and rip it out of its context to mean, isn't it? It's It's the polar opposite. He said he wrote these things so that you may not sin. He's writing about how you're cleansed from sin and can live free from sin. And he's teaching in the middle of that teaching, he's saying, if we don't confess sin, if we don't repent, if we say we don't need the blood, if we say we've never sinned, that we're without sin. Same phrase Jesus said to the the Pharisees when they wanted to stone the woman, he who is without sin, it means that you've never sinned in your life. It means that you've never sinned. You don't need the blood. So right in the middle of all that, you know he's saying those things but the main the teaching is about confession and repentance and how we can't live in denial of 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 sin if there is sin and we can't live thinking that we have not sinned and don't need the blood all need the blood but he says the blood is so effective in cleansing so powerful and he says i'm telling you the truth about all this because uh, I, I'm telling all the, the truth about this to you because, so that so that you may not sin. So yeah, it's the polar opposite of what people twist verse 8 to mean when it, it's not what it says. Could John possibly be saying, is there even a chance that he could be saying that we are damned to sin every day and can't be free, and then the very next words say that he is writing these things so that we don't sin, Is he saying, you're always going to sin, and if you say you're not sinning, then you are a liar, and the truth is not in you. And then immediately after, say, I write these things so, so you may not sin, but you're always going to. like. I don't think so. Don't be deceived. What John is saying is very clear. It's very clear. This whole passage and the overall theme of First of John is about liberty from sin and living in righteousness. It's powerful. Like I said, it's aside from the Gospel of John, it's my favorite book. It's definitely my favorite letter in the Bible, if, if you have to pick favorites. They're all amazing, but just the one that has made the biggest difference in my life. I think that's a better way of saying it. But anyway, it, it's my favorite. I'm okay with that statement. People get too technical about certain things. But anyway, the overall theme of this book is about liberty from sin and living in righteousness. It's it's about the effectiveness of the blood of Christ and how we have truly been born all over again. It's about how we have been changed by the gospel. So where where we where we left off uh, beginning of first John two let's let's uh, let's look at the next words. So he said, "I write these things to you so that you may not sin." This is the very next phrase. But if anyone does sin if anyone does sin we have an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world and there's another phrase in here that untwists these lies about 1 8 he said if anyone does sin if if is good if is good, I think of that scene in Hercules. I don't know whoever's listening if you remember the scene in Hercules with the two little demon guys, and they like lost baby Hercules, and they're like, uh, one of them's like, "Oh man, when Hades finds out, blah blah blah, he's gonna like kill us or whatever." And the other one's like, "You mean if he finds out?" And then the other one's like, "If, if is good." So <laughs> the scene itself is completely unrelated, but I always think of that as if. If is good. Uh, it's not when. J- John doesn't write when anybody sins. When you sin, or you keep, you're going to keep on sinning. It's an if. It's never assumed. So if if is good. He said if a believer commits a sin. He said if not when. If is good. <laughs> I can't stop saying it. If is good. If if is good. Yep. <laughs> so, anyway, okay, I've had my laugh about it, but um it's it's something to be joyful about. It's great if is good. John does not listen. John does not expect sin from his readers. It is an if. He doesn't expect. It is not assumed. You can see this several times in scripture actually. He doesn't expect the recipients of his letter to be doomed to commit sin and to be stuck in bondage that's why he said if anyone does sin he wrote what he wrote so that you may not sin so that you can live free from sin out of this reality of your forgiveness and cleansing and the fruit of holiness that it produces but if you do sin you have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous see yeah so He doesn't expect the readers of his letter to be doomed to commit sin to be stuck in any bondage sin is not normal for a believer and is not expected to happen continuously that is not the way the writers in the bible write to their to the churches so yeah sin sin is not normal for a believer and is not expected to happen continuously no not at all john John's letter dives so deep into this exact subject. It's through, Throughout the whole book, it dives deep into this exact subject. So, yeah, back to the verse. It said, um, If anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. If we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. When when we were sinners, we were lost, not born again. We were doomed and damned to sin with no hope. We needed to be rescued. We needed a savior. And we we now now we have been rescued. Now we have a savior. Now we have been saved. And now that Jesus has rescued us, now that we are saved, we need an advocate. We didn't need an advocate before we were saved, we needed a savior. Is it, it, track with me here. Don't get too technical about it, but understand this difference in what he's, the picture he's painting here. Now that he has rescued us, now that we are saved, we need an, we need an advocate if we sin. Jesus is our advocate. What, what a beautiful savior he is and what a beautiful advocate he is. He is the propitiation for our sins. He died for our sins to forgive us and free us. And He paid this price also. It's the same price He paid also for the sins of the entire world. He wants to bring everyone into this through confession, cleansing, repentance, salvation. And give them the freedom, empower them to go and sin no more. He paid this price also for the sins of the entire world. That all might be saved and freed if they would choose to believe and follow him so let's keep going John continues uh, in the next verse he says by this we know that we have come to know him by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him but whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. Wow. See the passages as a whole? It's amazingly clear. John, John declares that we know, we know that we have truly come to know God if we keep his commandments. He is, John is not teaching that we are sinners doomed to sin and we can never not sin or be free from sin. If you say you have no sin, you're a liar. He said, we, are, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. That's the opposite of what people twist one eight to say. He, he said that a lifestyle of obedience to God is what authenticates a true believer. Come on, he's not saying we are sinners doomed to sin. He said, we know we know him the evidence of knowing Him is because we we keep His commandments. We follow Him. We don't live like the world does. Sin is an if for us. It's not the norm. It's not how we live our lives. So then then he finishes off the next section with, with that same tagline. The same tagline that we saw earlier in verse 8 about someone being a liar and the truth not in them. See, he said... Anyone who says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So people want to twist 1.8 to say, well, if you say you have no sin, if you say you don't sin and you're not still a sinner and you sin every day, then you're a liar and the truth is not in you. He said the same phrase, you're a liar and the truth is not in you, if you claim to know God and don't keep his commandments. So you're twisting 1 John 1.8 to be a lie. Because this says the opposite of what you're claiming. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So which is it? The one who doesn't keep his commandments or the one who claims that they're free from sin because of the blood? You know what I'm saying? So anyway, it's just unbelievably clear. It's just foolish the way people twist one eight so yeah he 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 uses that same tagline so yeah look look at look at what he makes that comment about this time just want to i just want to solidify this reiterate it one more time whoever says i know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him the same tagline the same tagline. He said, whoever says they have no sin is a liar and the truth is not in him. He uses the same phrase. Whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. First John one 8 does doesn't mean what people twist it to mean. That's not what it says at all. It means that if you claim that you don't need the blood, if you say that you have not sinned, That's all it said. That's all it's saying. Man. So he he declared that anyone who claims they know the Lord but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in them. See how this untwists, it completely untwists the lies that people use verse 8 for. John doesn't say in verse 8, you're a sinner and you are always going to sin. And if you say you aren't sinning, then you are a liar and the truth is in you truth is not in you that's not what he's saying he said in this verse shortly after this is only like a few verses after he said shortly after that if you say you know God but don't keep his commandments and continue in sin and disobedience you are a liar and you don't really know him your claim is not true your claim is false and the truth is not in you your claim to know God is is not true. You're lying. So, as we walk through, 1 John 1, verses 8 through 10, is about denying the need for the blood. But we who are believers do not deny the blood, our need for the blood. We don't deny that we have never, we don't say that we've never sinned. We don't deny that we've sinned. We don't, we as believers don't deny the blood. We receive the blood in our desperate need. And that blood cleanses us and transforms us into those who can now keep his commandments. And if we sin, not when, if we sin, we have an advocate and we confess our sins and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. From all unrighteousness. No matter how many times that has to happen. And, and he will keep us clean. He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he will keep us clean through our walking in through our walking in the light. Our belief, our belief in his thorough and effective cleansing, the power of his blood. And after that, after this, John teaches that if we keep His Word, if we keep His Word, the love of God, the love of God is perfected in us. What what a beautiful life in Christ that we get to live. It's, a, it's amazing. So, I'm, I'm going to end the episode right there and we'll continue right in where we left off and continue to... Uh, um, we've already untwisted the lie of First John one eight, but we're just we're getting so deep and thorough with it to make sure we just cover it all. Um, I I don't want to just jump in there real quick and jump out. I want to be very thorough, and we're going to look at uh, the verses following that continue after it. Uh, we're going to jump right in where we left off and uh, continue to dig into uh, these subjects in the book of First John as a whole as well. So thank you so much for listening we'll pick right back up where we left off in the next episode uh, the Lord loves you so much um, if you have any questions please uh, please uh, send me a message or email me and uh, I'd love to have conversations or uh, anything at all um, if you had any confusion anything at all I'd love to discuss it further um, but uh, yeah the Lord loves you so much Jesus is amazing and he loves you and he wants to see you walking fully and the identity that he died to give back to you, to restore you to. And Adam fell in the garden, but Jesus resurrected in the garden, in the garden tomb, the tomb at the garden. And uh, he loves you so much. And so I just pray blessings over you, and continued pursuit of holiness and truth in God, and all that he has for you in life. So bless you in, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you again for joining uh, this week's episode of the podcast. Love you guys so much. Thanks again for joining this week's episode of the Truth Produces Freedom podcast. You can find me on Facebook at Jonah Smith Preachings and Teachings. You can comment, uh, send me a message if you have any questions or if there's anything you want me to uh, um, talk about. On the show um, and uh, I'm also on a WordPress blog uh, and I'm on YouTube as well and those are going to be under uh, truth produces freedom podcast and you can get this podcast anywhere that you find podcasts uh, please like subscribe and share with people just so more people um, can get the podcast and hear um, the truth that's going to make them free I just want to see people set free and walking in their identities identities so thank you so much for uh, joining and uh, may God bless you in Jesus' name.